Hey everyone, this is Kid Gravity, the self-proclaimed agnostic coon. I'm a podcast host, screenwriter, and a certified chef. And you're listening to the Just Conversation podcast. Warning, this program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience. Discretion is advised. Going live in 5, 4. What does live mean? Uh. Welcome to the Just Conversation Podcast, the show where we ground humanity's most absurd and baffling ideas in childish ways. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm your host, Christina. And if you haven't yet, remember to hit that subscribe button to get notified the second new episodes are released. Also, this show is most enjoyable with a listening partner to share opinions and ideas on the topics we discuss. Yes, so pull somebody up, get cozy, and prepare to listen to a lengthy conversation with our guest and me and Christina introducing that guest and then me and Christina after that guest and everything that happens before and after that and then the explosions. There are so many explosions and there's shooting and there's like apocalyptic scenarios and there's a scene where we drive off of a cliff in a car but we angle it so precisely we grab onto a chain and it flings us to the mountain on the other side because we have the power to defy physics we're in the new fast and the furious movie yes cool yeah anyways before we get to what we're doing today which includes explosions we've got some reviews yes and we get at apple podcasts as always we get them in a bunch of places but those are the ones we read the ones from apple Podcasts. if you want us to read yours leave us a comment a review an apple podcast and uh rate us anyways regardless of what you think go and rate us listen to the show tell us what you think about other episodes unrelated to the ones you'd usually listen to and tell people about the show that'd be very useful anyways let's jump into these Grey Goose Getting Loose. Recommended podcast. I enjoy listening to this podcast. It's genuine and very entertaining. I highly recommend them. Yes, very awesome. That was very straightforward. Genuine and entertaining. That is totally what we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, they recommended us. I'm sure they're being honest. They're actively out there holding giant signs. Listen to the Joss Convert and telling everybody. Everybody they've oh, ever met. Friends, family, yes. It's like, co-workers. hey, have you heard of the Just Conversation podcast? They're like, no. It's like, then you should. But they're just quacking because they're a goose. Yep. So, so no in their heads, knows. it sounds like they're over here like, hey, man, you should totally listen to. But what people think is just a goose is chasing them. <laughs> yes. That's what's happening. Yep. All right. And then Pedro the Cactus. One, two, three, four, five. Main hosts, amazing. Main theme is great, but the hosts have amazing chemistry together. Conversations are very entertaining, and the podcast is edited very well. Main hosts, amazing. Yep. We yep. got side hosts? I guess. Maybe it's the us main, and then our guest is co? I don't know. Guest host? Guest host, yep. Guest host, I guess, but they're not hosting. They're or being... maybe they're talking about like our old past host we're the main ones and then there's the past ones but they're not that great so who were the past hosts we've only had reaper right he's not that great sorry but (laughs) this person's opinion okay he's just a cactus what does he know he is just a cactus and he's not even like an important cactus he's twelve thousand three hundred and forty four cactuses away from the main cactus spot 
So he's like m- super mediocre cactus. Yes. Lame cactus. But the podcast is edited very well. Yes. Yes. I believe that. It's We've, great. We have the elites working on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you haven't heard a podcast this amazing before. Actually, it's pos- that's quite a possibility. Mm-hmm. There's not to attack the other shows out there, but you guys need to uh, do some work. Hell yes. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, we've heard a lot of podcasts as well. Yes. And uh, sometimes it hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts a lot. There's a lot of little effort going on. And they're like, hey, I spoke in two mics. Time to upload. It's like, mm, uh, Maybe do a little editing. A little. Just a little. A couple of things. There's not... You don't have to do crazy things. We, like, we got somebody on it. I understand quality's different. Yeah. But you don't have to go through the giant process. You just... Just clean it. Minimum. Just clean the audio. Yeah. Minimum work. Yeah, clean it. That's it. Background noise and stuff, that's totally fine. Anyways, today what we have going on is a lengthy, all-over-the-place conversation with Kid Gravity from the Beyond Borders podcast. Awesome. What is Beyond Borders podcast about? Everything. Everything, too? Yeah. Like ours? Yeah, it's basically a sort of almost news type of podcast where they're just talking about their opinions related to certain topics or whatever. Very fascinating show. It is there's a lot of social things going on. They they have their usual episodes, and then they got their, as you'll hear in this conversation, their emergency episodes, which is essentially the more spontaneous, random uploads that are just on something that's happening currently or something that happened to them or whatever the case might be. So there's definitely that kind of stuff, and that's very entertaining. This conversation, much like their show, is all over the place. We are hitting on every possible note imaginable. Go up and down and left and right and in and out. Serious, funny, all that stuff. Yes, all of it. From childhood cartoons to societal collapse, all of the above. It's all in there. It's a mixed bag edition of a conversation with a guest. It's like conversation soup. Yeah, it's conversation soup with a guest. Totally. It's 100% that. It's fascinating. I definitely, truly, truly enjoyed this conversation. Kid Gravity is fantastic. Has some interesting ideas. Just the beginning of this blew my mind. It's just right off the bat. Great. It started off solid and continued that way straight through. Mm-hmm. So uh, I hope you guys actually enjoyed this conversation. I enjoyed it a lot. I hope you and guys... Enjoy the soup they've made. Yes. Enjoy this steamy warm chunky conversation soup what kind of soup is it chicken chicken noodle chicken noodle soup yeah Mm. that's chunky i don't like chicken maybe beef beef noodle soup beef noodle soup all right that's a thing isn't it probably people just throw meat in soup yes that's a thing yeah i mean it's how is it any weirder than throwing fish in soup that is weird too that's probably not great i don't know I shouldn't judge. I should try it first, but it sounds bad. Don't you eat raw fish? Yes. <laughs> Why are you weird? judging? It's so weird. Oh. It's way less weird to throw fish into soup. I guess it's all the same. It's at least warmer in the soup. You'll just eat a cold raw fish. What? That's more natural <laughs> than cooking it. Just eating it all the way it is. That's cray cray. That's cray cray? Yes. No. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Kid Gravity, and we will see you on the other side. Enjoy. Hi. Bye.
believe in a higher power, but considering that I grew up in the Christian church, I don't think it's the Christian God. So I'm on a path right now to try to figure out who I'm supposed to answer to when they put me in the dirt. Okay, you believe there is some like a uh, ultimate being rather than just some higher form of something? It's a being for sure? Hell, it could be a carrot for all we know. I mean, I, I, I would assume a carrot is a being of some sort, right? Well, wouldn't that be considered some form of metaphysical matter? I wouldn't anything transcendent be metaphysical matter? Again, I could go I could go to the door and hell, Bugs Bunny could answer it. Who knows? So self-proclaimed, why self-proclaimed rather than um, universally accepted or something along those lines? Because at the end of the day, don't... I well, look, I, I mean, I've heard people like Larry B. Elder and Jesse Lee Peterson, Tommy Sotomayor got, get called coons. I haven't got to that level yet. So maybe in the next year, if our podcast blows up. Fair enough. I'll, I'll, be in that, I'll be in that elite class and I'll get one of them trains. Who knows? Like I, I do don't think like most black folks, so... Oh, no, that is quite definite. One of the characteristics that happens, I'm, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm quite dark myself. One of the things that comes with uh, being dark-skinned is being raised in environments where people are more culturally traditional to some kind of root belief they've previously had rather than critically thinking and expanding their abilities beyond the confines of sort of their upbringing. Many people just follow the line that they've been on since birth, and that's uh, the commonality that takes place in those moments and those places and those areas so for somebody like yourself who does like to question the things and reflect and think from a different angle being an outcast is essentially a given you're not like those around you by default and what they don't understand they'll consider to be whether it be bad or it be too different to be accepted as quote normal unquote it's uh definitely i would lean towards your side more you know i think knowing is better than just accepting and not knowing yes like um okay so here's my background in a nutshell both my parents are republicans so i'm probably gonna get called coon already <laughs> and i started out as a democrat and I did that for, I want to say, 12 years. And then after the orange man got in, I started questioning things and came to find out that I might as well just stay in the middle and stay without a party. And I've been a lot happier since. I Politically speaking, I think it's like even the middle is complicated because there's so because, there's so right, much nuance. Center left stays true in the center or center right. Yeah, like, this is, uh, I actually had this conversation maybe a month or two ago where we were just basically discussing how essentially what we're dealing with is the fact that all sides are every color in one way or another. It's essentially shades of purple everywhere. There's no red, there's no blue, because what do we say is blue? Democrat and leftists, and what do we say is right? Conservatives and Republicans. Meanwhile... They're all just shades of purple arguing the same fucking thing. Nobody wants any extreme. It's not beneficial in any way, but they think they do. But they're also misinformed on what they want because they haven't thought about it. They're just sort of tribalistically supporting their team. They just want their team to win. They don't know what the fuck is going on. So the left says pure democracy, but they wouldn't want that because that would sort of break apart their own values if the majority is always winning then the minority doesn't get a say and the values of the individual get destroyed so your leftist ideology doesn't compete is incompatible with your democratic mm -hmm. ideology but then the right 
wants the individual to matter, but if you give all the power to the businesses and to the elites, then the individual person can't make moves and can't exist independent of the government because the government makes every call. So the fascistic rightism doesn't suit the republicanism that wants mm-hmm. the government to move out of its way. So the the ideologies are so nuanced and complicated that it's way more than Democrat and Republican and left and right. There's purple, shades of purple, and everybody's a fucking idiot if they're picking a team and saying, yes, I belong here, and I only belong here, and the other side is stupid. It's like, what half of your ideas are those ideas? Yeah, exactly. And it's just funny that they're the we're the ones now, like the center people, they're the ones they're trying to convince to come over to their side. And I'm like, dude, I'm just going to watch what you do. I, I I don't care what you say and I don't care how you move. I want to see what you're going to do. I, I, I think more in the future tense. I think everybody now that stays either to the right or the left, they want to work in the now and, you know, rest their laurels on the Constitution. And it's kind of annoying. Here, here's a, a thing. I would actually disagree with that. I think that the left agree, is focused entirely on the future while the right is entirely focused on the present. Nobody's on the right is thinking far ahead. They're just like, what, what's beneficial now? And let's live in the moment while the left is just right. like, what's the future? Oh, my God, our future is so fucked. But ignoring that whole thing, how does this relate to your sort of belief in something greater? Because it was a clear you, you equated these two things very seamlessly so you're going through kind of a whole almost crisis of identity uh well like i said after like this last election i kind of well i actually started this journey back in like 2013 because i kind of i think that was the year i told my mom that you know i I started going at her about the bible because she's like heavy in the bible so i started going at her making jokes whenever i could and i started questioning her about you know yeah this bible that you read you know for for a Christian, you do not follow. Well, you're hypocritical sometimes with it, as most black Christians are. That's right. I said it. I don't care who gets mad. And then it started crossing over into the political stuff. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to be a loner. I'm just going to be Jules from Pulp Fiction. And I'm just going to say, you know what? I'll make my own decisions. If it's wrong, I'll accept it. If it's right, I'm not going to nan nan boo boo you. So unfortunately, I can't really go with the right because they're too far with the religion aspect and the left. They're, they've secretly started their own war on religion, especially with the Catholic Church. So I'm just waiting for the whole thing to implode. You do well. Do you think religion is useful? I came to this conclusion. It's useful for a lot of people because they need something to motivate them and something to believe in, which is fine. But I just ask them not to try to preach it to me. Why? Because at the end of the day, I think humans are supposed to make their own decisions. They shouldn't. I mean, it's nice to have something influence you towards a decision. But when you solely use it as your way of saying what's right and what's wrong, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice. Okay, okay, very interesting. You're taking your individuality out of it. That's why I can't really get down with preachers today because they all preach that commercial message. How do you determine Mm -hmm. what's right and wrong? 
I'm more of a cause and effect person. Right. Like, like if I know I have 10 bucks and something I want is $12 and I go and buy it, my card's going to go through, but I know I'm going to get an overdraft if I don't take care of it in 24 hours and my balance is going to be negative. Right. And so why, why don't you think that's, uh, you think that's different from religion? In what aspect? Like you think there's a different message happening between your cause and effect and their religious values? Yes. Like cause and effect, you could see happen almost immediately, maybe a little further down the road. When you add religion into it, you're looking for a delayed response and hope that something positive will come out of it before you hit that negative. And I think a lot of people that are religious have the mindset of, okay, God is going to take care of it. So okay, I can make okay. all the mistakes I want. As long as I repent and I read my Bible and I get my 10%, nothing bad is going to happen. Okay, I mean, so you have a show, right? You you host a podcast. You 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 regularly uh, uh, do your show. You make sure you put episodes on time, and you do more episodes than you have to uh, regularly, so that you can keep content going out. So you have your schedule, and you have the extra around the schedule. You have this uh, influx of content that's great, and you keep putting out. But you're preemptively looking at the future, like something good could come of this. But you're not doing it for sure. You don't know that something you have essentially faith that something good could come from this. Mm, maybe not. I don't think faith is the right word. You don't think faith is the right word. The fact that you're thinking ahead of time, you have a feeling that you cannot prove, you're expecting something that can't be proven, and you're anticipating an action that there that the cause is way delayed for, and there's no roadmap, there's no guide, there's nothing but your inner intuition that if I do it for long enough, something good could and you're not even sure that something good could happen it is entirely based on if i do it right if i try hard enough if i dedicate myself enough something could happen that doesn't sound like faith to you um i'm hoping that optimism is not a synonym for faith i don't think it is i think you could have uh faith and be pessimistic simultaneously yeah, I think maybe it's because I suffer from anxiety I, and I'm just waiting for something to go wrong. Maybe that's maybe that's why I don't have as much faith, but I'm trying to be more optimistic these days. What do you do when you're sad? When I'm sad? When you're sad. When you have a internal turmoil and you need to distract yourself from it, what do you do? Usually I either play shooting games or I watch anime. Okay, would you say that's meditative to some degree? specifically the shooter games probably like you tune out on it and it's just like that's more therapy there you go perfect perfect great word to use so it's therapeutic to then play this you you tune out on it it sort of decompresses you uh you you get distracted from the world you get to sort of put your body on an autopilot so your mind in the background can work on the things and maybe sometimes not thinking about it is the best thinking about it you can have right because it's just happening in the background you didn't think about it you finished playing a couple of rounds now you can come back with a cool head and work on the thing that was getting to you can we agree on that we agree on that okay a person had a really really bad day they had an awful day. They go home, they get on their knees, they cross their hands, and they pray to let something go that was bothering them so that they don't have to think about it for a couple of hours, a couple of days, or like it's in somebody else's hands, this other thing. This allows them to go about their day. It's in God's hands. I don't have to think about it anymore. I'm going to just leave it alone because God's got this. So they're going to go ahead and go about their day. And maybe they come up with the solution later and they're going to thank God for it. Oh, God gave me the solution because I put it in his hands or whatever they think is happening. 
but the principles of the ideas were the same. There was this thing that they thought would help some manner, shape, or form. They don't know for sure it's going to help, but, you know, they could go there and it helps the decompression process. And it throws okay. the, the bad thoughts to the back of their mind. They can sit here, uh, give it up, and then go about their day. They go cook. They go do this. They go do that. Stop thinking about it. They go watch TV, have fun with their families, whatever. And then later, the solution popped up and they thank God because they equating the part of praying with the solution arriving later and they called it God, but you equated losing the focus on the thing by putting the focus on the video game and then coming up with the solution later and you just called it therapeutic video gaming. But you were talking about right. the same thing. Right. Okay. I see where you're coming from. But like I said, me, I don't have a problem with, you know, faith and all that. That's fine. It's for me, like I said, I know there's a higher power somewhere, but, you know, I just haven't found it yet. So if I find it one day, then, you know, it'll be a lot easier for me to accept faith again. Well, what I'd argue is that you have found it. I don't think anybody mm -hmm. loses faith. I think we find the right way to describe faith, if that makes sense. I had a musician on this show yeah. a couple of episodes ago, I think. It actually, it was last year's season. And he he actually brought up that he's an atheist and he believes faith is completely irrelevant. But then I used the same example I just told you that he has faith for sure, no questions asked. Because when he has a bad day, he picks up a guitar and he tunes out on that guitar expecting it to make him feel better without any concrete proof other than he's done it before and it's worked for him, even if it doesn't work for anybody else. His faith is music. His religion is music, and he puts faith in the music that that's going to help him through the thing. I think we, mm -hmm. we don't have the same words to describe the same thing. Some people might call it God. Some people might call it the Big Bang. Some people might call it music. Some people might call it philosophy. Some people might call it right. pink elephant inside the bushes that I saw tripping on acid. Like any number of things it could be. But I think we're talking about the same thing. We're just using different words to describe it. I don't. Yeah, I, yeah, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, I don't think you don't have faith. I, I just you know think you're I looking think for the right words like using, that fit you. I think people don't like using religion anymore, like well, religious terms anymore. So you try to use synonyms like I use optimism and things like that. So it doesn't seem like you're putting your faith in God, but you're putting your faith in something. Yes, always. Otherwise, what are we doing? You're just living your life day to day. Exactly. And there's almost this robotic nature. Don't get me wrong. I do believe some people attach values to religion and they don't even consider the part of faith that matters. They're just following this sort of doctrine. But then there's scientists who do the same thing. There's many scientists that are very rigid, right? And they're like, no, yes. God can't exist because this isn't that. But it's like, you can't prove that. Your Big Bang is theoretical. You have a scripture exactly. that you call math and you follow that scripture to describe the scenario. And you have faith that you're right. But they're doing the same thing. It's every side has their extremists and every side has their center and every side has their center center that is more like the opposite. So that's the scientists that use science to try to prove religion and religion that tries to prove that science is God's greatest creation. And so there's those crossing lines that make perfect sense and the extremes that don't because it's like, why is your side better than that side? How is it not different but equal? Right. I mean, yeah, again, I guess maybe faith is just everything, I guess. You got to have faith that you'll wake up tomorrow morning. You got to have faith you'll have food. Yeah. yeah. 
And there's nothing proving any of that to you. You just have to have faith, essentially. Right. But like, I'll just give you some optimism. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, here's the thing. It's really complicated because we all have different words of this. In saying optimism, you're not wrong. In thinking optimism wasn't faith, you were wrong. But in saying optimism, you're not wrong. It's just thinking that it's right versus different. I think that's the, the main core principle about reality as a whole. Everything is different, but it's all equal, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, my, my... It's, like every, it's like saying everything is positive. There's things that are positive have some negatives towards it. Yes, the yin-yang symbol. There you go. That is, that's right. the universe embodied, the yin-yang symbol. All good has bad and everything all bad has, has good. Everything has to have balance. Everything has to have balance. Exactly. Anything that's an extreme is wrong by definition. Because here's the thing, uh, right. most people forget that in being in an extreme, you're only on one side of a thing, because even the opposite extreme is still just another side to whatever's in the middle. And that's right. the real thing. Whatever's in the middle is the only real thing. Everything else is an exaggeration. So what do you picture when you are thinking of this sort of transcendent being that you you imagine? So whether it be a creature, whether it be... You you avoid the words that religion uses to describe it, but everybody has a word to describe it. Like I said before, there's uh, the musician that was on here. He he pictured God as music, and he didn't think of God. He thought of music, but there are people who think right. God, and there's many variations of that, although they're talking about the same thing. And there's science. In fact, there's sciences and many different versions of that that could exist. There's some scientific philosophies that are entirely creationism based on biology mm -hmm. like there's a duck and we know it's a duck because there's a perfect duck even if all ducks don't look the same we can tell it's a duck because there's some perfect version of a duck that they're all sort of estimated to look like so even biology drives up to religion and chemistry the same thing the entire perception of consciousness and reality is a chemical reaction happening in our mind and the global consciousness is only a figment of those chemicals working together same thing with uh physics that breaks down to metaphysics and says that there is a higher dimension in which we exist blah 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 what do you feel even if it's not the things everybody else uses to describe it. What is your approximation of what you believe might be going on? Uh, I think when we go, I think, I'm using quotations, God is probably, when you get to that gate, it's probably you. And you guess, I guess you'd have to come to terms with who you were and what you might have missed out on. See, and that's fascinating. If you come to terms with that, then you can, I guess, move on to the afterlife. That's extremely profound and extremely deep. That's uh, along the lines of the global consciousness uh, belief system, where basically right. it, it expects us to be a sort of bigger, greater consciousness that embodies all that is, and that in this sort of third dimensional perspective, we are just one. Now, it looks like we're individual collectively, so me and you seem to be different individuals, and we see from each other, from our own perspective, not each other's perspective, but in a higher reality or in the afterlife, in this 
other state of being, we're all the same conscious mind projecting perspectives, if that makes sense. Kind of like playing a video um, game. Kind of like playing a video game, right? You have, you're right. sitting at home, you're, you got GTA put on, and you mm-hmm. are this all-knowing guy. And you got GTA 5. You got Grand Theft Auto okay. 5, you're playing story mode. And you are, you're you your whole time. You've never stopped being you. You're playing the video game, but you're Michael, the main character. You're, you're Michael, and you're running around stealing cars and doing stuff. Now, you can swap and suddenly be Franklin. You're right. still you in this higher dimension who's playing both of those characters, but both of those characters just feel like they're themselves. They don't feel like they're each other. Right. And so that same principle would be applied here, where you are in this lower state. Me and you, I'm Franklin, you're Michael, but there's something higher that's technically both of us so that's sort of the uh the whole you meet yourself coming up idea that's uh the called the global consciousness it's this belief system that all conscious thought is one but in uh in lower dimensions it multiplies into more perspectives so that we feel different so if we did it through now this kind of goes along with science and string theory theoretically so if you, in the third dimension, you feel like one person, but in the fourth dimension, you're every moment of this one person. So right here, you feel like you're just this one moment existing only right now. And the last second was a second ago. And the next second is one second in the future. While in the fourth dimension, you're every moment from the moment you were born to the moment you die all as one thing. That's one mind, one conscious being you're aware of every moment all at the same time. But then in the fifth dimension, you would be every perspective of that. So every possible path you could have taken from that one birth, that's the fifth dimension. Every possible option you could have had existing all at the same time. And then in the sixth, every possible beginning you could have had. And then in the seven, you're this one collective thing where I meet up to. So we both end up coming to that same one thing that's different people. In the sixth, that's different possibilities in the fifth, that's entire timelines in the fourth, and that's an individual moment in the third. So that's that global consciousness perspective right there. Okay, here's actually a good representative. If you look at this image right here, that sort of shows, shows you the breakdown, how everything is part of everything and kind of breaks into this bigger collective. Like the multiverse. Yeah, exactly. It's too... But then the multiverse is a different theory because we'd have to assume that... I guess it really depends. Because there's two real versions of the multiverse. There's a multiverse that is purely scientific and there's a multiverse Mm -hmm. that's metaphysical. So the metaphysical multiverse is the one I described. Uh, Higher dimensions and alternate realities, those are different universes even if they exist at the same time. While scientifically... There could be sort of these bubbles in space that repeat, but it's not that they literally repeat. Like, the version of you that's doing exactly what you're doing right now isn't really you. It's just there's only a certain amount of combinations that could happen with atoms, and eventually it would repeat if it's infinite. So, yeah, probability is just things would repeat an infinite number of times over and over and over and over. Life is fun, isn't it? If you had the right parents, they'd tell you, you know, life ain't as easy as you think it is. Here's the thing. Uh, Parents think they've got, or maybe they don't, but who has the answer, you know? Well, that's why you have to have the parents that'll tell you, listen, sometimes you got to let life teach you. 
okay what i would argue what i would argue from that point of view would be that when they were that age had somebody told them that would they have taken it or just assumed you're talking gibberish i know all the answers already no, you're going to assume that. But, you know, at that point, the parent has done his job. As long as they mention it, they feel like they did their job. Not so if it didn't do say, anything. They're trying to do it from some some point of experience. That's the thing. Uh, they experienced it not working. So they're just like, he's no matter what, because the if they were to tell you, you know, life is going to teach you. How is that different from not ever mentioning it and life teaching you anyways? Cause then, cause then they're afraid you come back and say, why didn't you tell me about this? And well, like that wasn't my fault. Then they'd only be telling you for selfish reasons rather than because they want you to know That's it. Why I said, which is why I said they, they want to say it just so they say they said it. Oh no, they but it, they don't have to. Off the hook. That's bad parenting. They're looking, they're sort of, <laughs> they're sort of plugging the holes before they happen. Good parents, that's why if you have good parents, they'll tell you that. But in their mind, they know they said something fucked up. Yeah. And they're hoping it doesn't happen. Because I think nowadays, especially with the internet, everybody plays too much along the fence because they don't want to be wrong. Yeah, that's a definite reality that we're dealing with right now. Everybody's trying to play it safe because everybody's too scared to uh, be the outlier. But then it's like we have this entire... that We set the precedent. We allowed people to attack ideas and then we rewarded them for that consistently people didn't like the sonic movie okay did you make an entire movie they made an entire movie did you make an entire no okay why do you have the right to all you did was bitch about how sonic looked yeah why do you get to change what they did they made the whole movie yeah it didn't look the way you wanted but you have no skills you're here your your talent is judging their talent like, what the fuck is that? But we've allowed things like that to happen. And as a result, people are walking on eggshells because they don't want their ideas judged because everybody's out there judging ideas. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're at. It's a <sighs> fucked up world. God damn, what the hell is that? Tails? No, that's a that's a that's a meme. Don't 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 do that. <laughs> <laughs> that looks crazy. Oh, that's not going to be Tails. What? I don't know. I don't know. You know how it is, especially with that movie. That movie pissed a lot of people off. But, like, why does it even... Why do people have the right to be angry? About what? What are they angry about? Well, look, I understand why people were mad at the initial version of Sonic. I was like, yeah. he, he, He looked like the boy from Jumanji after he got turned into a wolf. But, like, so... Yeah, but you got to understand I me, mean, especially if you grew up in that era, you know what he looked like. And with all the technology, like I could understand if that was like 1999 and you were just starting out CGI. I could understand that. But it's 2019. You had 20 years. You you could have made him a little better. But based on and whose measurement is it better? It's based on subject. They clearly thought it was right the first time. So somebody thought it was fine. But again, there, I, I would venture to bet that they didn't do that much research that's totally fine it was the creator's interpretation they weren't recreating the game but then again it you have see even with me as a screenwriter you want to make your own vision but you also know that back in your mind you have to somehow cater it to an audience but why why because i'm oh it sucks but you have to make money still got to make money unfortunately see that's the frustrating part 
it is frustrating, but you know that sucks. Because then when you get that power, I guess when you get that power, like George Lucas or or Spielberg, you can basically do whatever because you have the cachet. People will come see it anyway. But here's the thing: we we yeah. opened the gates for this, and now anything anybody disagrees with at all times is going to be challenged by the audience. And if it doesn't change, oh, yeah. it'll it'll immediately be boycotted because that's the other move. Yeah. So now. Yes. People will only get what they want, but that's going to backfire because people are going to want the same things. Kind of like music that you turn on on radio. Every song that comes on is identical to the song that just played. That mm-hmm. that problem right there is going to happen in movies where the only things that get greenlit are the things that the masses want, but the masses only want the same things, eventually leading to that medium itself suffering because it's too much spam and repetition, people getting bored and stop going to theaters, they stop renting the movies, they stop watching the movies, and then they killed the thing themselves by being nitpicky little whiny sissies that wanted all art to aim towards their wants, when in reality, who the fuck knows what they want? Well, then that goes back to the point you said before. They won't do it themselves. Yeah, they definitely so, won't do it themselves, they and they're going to destroy right, other people doing it. To, to tell their story, which is what's going on with the comics now. Like, comics are in, in shit shape right now because they're pandering too much to the left. They're not keeping it in the center like they used to. Yeah, that's. I uh, also had this conversation at the beginning of uh, season three, which was the the problem with not just comics but anime in general that it has this sort of overtly polished look with the same recycled story. So there's art style is identical across the board now. There there used to be these very unique art styles that existed. That's been buried by this overtly polished, very vibrant same story of some dude in high school. A bunch of chicks want him. He might have powers. Same garbage story recycled. Same looks recycled. It's this machine pumping the same shit over and over and over and over. And it's like I used to watch anime a lot all the time. Loved it. I don't watch anime anymore. It is hard for me to get into uh, something I've the seen. The last one I watched was One Punch Man. See, that was a good experiment. They took the shot and did something unique. The art style was different. The storyline was completely original. That is great. How many One Punch Men are they? There is one. There's nothing like it. There'll never be anything like it. Mm-hmm. I I don't even watch new anime. Like my wife's all into my hero. I'm like I don't want to watch it. Like it don't appeal to me. So I'll go back and watch like Detective Conan and Gogo Thirteen. I'll I'll just keep watching those forever, and I'll I'll be cool. That is such an underrated, <laughs> but one of the best animes ever. Uh, uh, Conan and Agawa, the detective kid. What? Mm-hmm. What is that? Case closed. There right, you go. That's been off like 800 episodes. So fucking. But good. everyone feels unique. Yes, that see, here's here's what I will argue is the one time I've seen the the repeated formula done well, and I'll say it's Death Note. Death Note has the recycled identical fucking art style that we see on every fucking anime out now. They're all just doing the same overtly polished thing. But they did a couple of small details that changed how this worked entirely. Color scheme wise, they began with an equal palette to everything, and then they jumped three shades darker for every single color they had. Now it looks identical, but somehow darker, 
but it's just as bright. It never stopped being just as bright. It never stopped being just as colorful. But it looks darker and almost more bland. The same, you know, cop versus criminal or somebody trying to be caught. That story that got beaten to fucking death and is still being beaten to fucking death also takes place there. It is the same goddamn story. Except you make them each the opposite counterpart. The criminal seems like the guy who would be the cop. The cop seems like the guy who would be the criminal. So the ideas got put in place and the identities got swapped. Same idea. The whole genius aspect. You know, he, oh, he's a genius. Every fucking anime is about some person who's exceptional in some way, usually by power or crazy intellect. This is no exception. Except their entire job is for one to reveal the other. Now they're playing chess rather than one person being the hyper-intelligent guy and one guy having an army. Both of them are the hyper-intelligent guy and neither have an army. It's one versus one so the same ideas tweaked just enough to create an entirely different monster that is the innovation of anime yeah unfortunately i guess that's why everybody's running back to mangas now yeah yeah for sure because there's nothing left it's just the safety is destroying the art and that's what's going to happen with you film. Like, you know the dragon ball super <laughs> see i i you do you like dragon ball super i couldn't get into it what what why not i I think maybe it's maybe you know what it is maybe it's because it's too bright it's bright as shit i'll give you that much it's bright as fuck like they turned it to a million i'm used to dragon ball and z i'm used to that dark like you could like you could know those those artists drew those scenes by hand yeah see that's really the that's really what was happening there though it was entirely a hand-drawn anime so the difference between that and the completely digital version that we see now is only that but i would say that dragon ball super captures the most dragon ball aspects of dragon balls except the animation itself because a lot of people who were outside spectators a lot of the time thought, you know, it was about the screaming and the power-ups and stuff. And there was a shit ton of that. Don't get me wrong. You'd fucking charge a soup. What is it? The spirit bomb for like 20 episodes and miss. Yeah. Just to be like, well, I guess I wasted like three months of my life on one attack. Yeah, I guess you did. But that aside, there all the side things, all the jokes, all the comedy, all the fun, all the silly crap that would happen in the middle of a fight for the universe is all in Dragon Ball Super. And I love that they packed it in such a way that anybody coming new to it can take away what they did, what everybody, each one of us got from the original Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, which was this intense, ridiculously overpowered scale fighting and jokes splashed all over it. Yeah, I mean, I just basically just looked at the clips. I figured out what was going on. Like, I'm not going to sit. I didn't want to sit there and and watch a whole 20 minute episode. Yeah. Yeah. To be completely fair, every, every entire saga in all of Dragon Ball Z was exactly the same shit, wasn't it? It's somebody does something bad. The world is in danger. Good guys come. Goku's not there for whatever reason. Good guys hold him off until Goku gets there. Goku saves the thing. And then he turns a bad guy into his friend after beating him. And then the bad guy is there to help him for the next time. This same exact series of events happens. Like, I was over it. I was like, you, you got it. Y'all have fun. Yeah. It's, how many times can we see the same story before we dial it on the inside, you know? It is crazy. 
Because it happened with all of them. We saw it all the way from Dragon Ball. We saw Dragon Ball Z and Raditz shows up and everybody holds him off and then Goku gets there. And then Vegeta shows up and everybody holds him off and then Goku gets there. And then Frieza shows up and everybody holds him off and then Goku gets there. And then Androids and everybody holds him off and then Goku gets there. And then Cell and everybody holds him off and then Goku gets there. And the boo, and everybody holds him off, and then Goku gets there. Like, how many times could we experience the same fucking series of events before we're like, I know what's gonna happen. It's just gonna be a different looking monster who's not at his full form yet, but is gonna be at some point. You know, I guess Japan, they're probably, they're probably like, yeah, whatever. We gotta find something new. Like, even with, with their version of Power Rangers, it's like, they're doing the same things too. Like, they just finished doing dragons and stuff i'm like you did that like 20 years ago power rangers you know what i i am not like a power ranger fan except for one specific series that i think did exactly what happened with death note relative to other anime and it was uh power rangers spd you ever saw that was actually a very enjoyable scene yes it looks like anybody i've ever brought that up to agrees entirely that this is it's almost not even like a kid's show there were some adult themes yes you had the dude's dad die he found a killer like they were actually almost killing people it was awesome yeah yeah it was it was it's kind of like spongebob i think spongebob is the greatest cartoon because it's catered towards children but mature enough for adults and hidden in such a way that kids won't get it but just clear enough so that an adult doesn't have to go digging to understand it i think that's power rangers spd it had adult themes but you know colorful stuff and dumb jokes and bright awesome explosions and nobody really uh, outwardly dies but then the discussions tell you what really happened and that flies over kids heads they only hear we gotta go stop the bad guys but meanwhile you're over here like my father was here first and uh you know i have to avenge him and you know i have to follow my father's footsteps and i i don't know who i am i'm a stranger in this world and i feel lost and these themes that only an adult could really process just packed into this series aimed at children in the same way that spongebob is just aimed at now, children here's the question Go for it. Do you think Ren and Stimpy follow that same format? I think SpongeBob stole it from them. Ren and Stimpy, I don't remember that show. The name sounds familiar. Yeah, they did a lot. Like, now that I'm an adult, a lot of the stuff that I laughed at, I was like... Yes, okay, now that I see the picture, yes, 100%. Totally, 100%. They did the same things. But they were... It's different. It's different. Because they were more like... How do I say? They were closer to, like, the Looney Tunes. The Looney Tunes were much more blatantly putting things out there. They were just using the story and narrative to repurpose the cartoony aspect so that it seems more innocent while doing very vulgar, very adult things outwardly. There wasn't many deeper messages in the way that you would get from like spongebob that gives you social commentary on economy and social commentary on sociology and social commentary on the psyche of an individual who's depressed and these are all things you get in spongebob 
Squidward is a person who's depressed and that comes up many times. They never use those words, but they confront the fact that he's sad for the sake of being sad and he doesn't understand that. And sometimes it just happens for no reason. And he has artistic outlets to try to understand it. And it just looks like a guy who sucks at playing the flute, but it, or the, what was it? The clarinet, but mm-hmm. it's him trying to work through his depression. SpongeBob is a guy who is completely optimistic, but he rather help people than focus on capitalism, but he works for an extremely capitalistic boss. And in working in the scenario, SpongeBob finds himself in a lot of situations where he has to confront his own values societally versus those of his boss who wants him to do capitalistic things that a lot of the times are in bad nature. These are really deep philosophical conundrums that show in SpongeBob, while things like the Looney Tunes and Ren and Stimpy are aimed more at, hey, look, it looks like they're fucking in this picture, but the kids think they're just hitting each other. It's funny, right? There's a whole other kind of level to it. It was aimed towards adults, but in a sillier way. Meanwhile, SpongeBob 100% made it funny for kids, but an adult could watch it and be like, Jesus, he's going through it. <laughs> Again, I think that was, an, that was another cartoon I never watched. What, SpongeBob? Yeah, I never watched it. What? I highly... Dude, you are like a fresh template then. I highly, highly recommend you watch that now. It's probably a million times better if you watch it as an adult without having any prior experience of watching the show. It is so deep. But again, aim that children so that it seems... So that the complicated adult stuff flies over their head i think spongebob is arguably one of the most genius programs out there only other shows i would compare to it are futurama and um what was the fucking other one uh marty and uh the fucking rick and morty that's the whole other but rick and morty comes at it way heavy Rick and Morty aims well, towards a very... Again, they're on Adult Swim, so they could get away with a lot. Yes, but it's not even that, because their audience misses probably half of the shit they're talking about. We're talking that mm-hmm. they are talking real deep philosophy. We're talking structure of reality. We're talking nature of reality. We're talking nature of consciousness. We're talking what is essence. We're talking um, what is subjectivity. What is objectivity? Um is there morality? Is morality made up? Like these real deep that couldn't even be touched by something like SpongeBob. Rick and Morty pushes there. And they, they're clever in that they make it funny for the people who don't get the concepts and still make it entertaining for the people who do. This show is rocket science. They had to accomplish some kind of miracle formula that's impossible to replicate. The closest other thing I would say is Futurama, but Futurama is more like Spongebob. It's a show that has silliness and whatever and discusses sort of societal problems and conflicts of life and conflicts of identity versus metaphysical philosophy, which is complicated enough to say the least. Okay. Well, there's another one while I'm under the COVID to go start watching. For sure. I highly recommend uh, Spongebob and Rick and Morty and Futurama and all those shows, including Family Guy. Most people don't realize that Family Guy is incredibly educational. They, oh, yeah. No, it is. Uh, it is. Yeah, highly, highly. There's so much factual information packed in and obscured to be silly and stupid, but that's sort of the nature of a cartoon. But uh, right. a Family Guy is 
not just comedy adult. It is thematically very adult. But no, these shows are uh, some some shows are rightfully acknowledged as some of the greatest programming because it definitely is. They have this quality that that's above and beyond all other things. Now that I saw that unicorn, there's this other fucking show. What the hell was it called? It was the the thing that led to the bronies. My Little Pony. Oh my god, My Little oh Pony. God. Bro, ridiculous. This show is the same idea. They do it very well, and I'm sure that the guys who are bronies don't necessarily grasp the concepts that are happening. Some of them might. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to belittle anybody. But there are incredibly adult themes, including themes that are discussing sexual identity. That is so fucking relevant to many people struggling with those things right now. And it's, mm-hmm. they're, they're talking about identity, sexual identity, whether you feel masculine because you're feminine and the pony that likes girly things but is a guy and the pony that likes masculine things but she's a girl and the one who doesn't know what she's into and the pony that's very aggressive but incredibly sensitive. And there's so much the difference with this show is that each pony embodies an entire concept rather than it going across the entirety of the like an episode dedicated to whatever they focus on one pony for an episode and that pony embodies that ideology so if you were to see that pony in a different episode where a different pony starts stars this pony's sort of life conflicts would still be the same ones they've always had. They're not just suddenly different. So there's a lot of interesting comparisons happening with real life and that show. It's really complicated, and I I really enjoy how they covered it up and made it. It's subtext. You got to read through all the fucking subtext because, like, SpongeBob, it is all hidden behind other things. But again, SpongeBob is the elite in this category. I don't think anything exists like SpongeBob and Rick and Morty. I think those are the most elite shows in conveying adult information and being silly fun. So while you're trapped, enjoy those shows. (laughs) What have you been into? What have you been watching lately? Still got to get a little air at times. Yeah, for sure. What have you been into? What have you been watching lately? Uh, What have I been watching? Well, like I said, I've been watching the old animes like Conan and... um, I mean, Case Closed and Gogo 13. I actually just finished it for like the sixth time. Um, I don't know. I have to try to find something. I want to try to go back older. Like, probably go to like Guyver or something. I've you never know, seen Gogo 13. I've never heard of this anime. <laughs> yeah, it has um 50 episodes. And basically, the lead sniper, he's paid $3 million to go kill people. But it's always a story within a story. It's not just him just running around just shooting people. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and I really like the artwork. Yeah, the artwork looks phenomenal on that. That looks crazy. Yeah. It's very unique, actually. I haven't seen anime. See, that's the good thing about the old school animes. That's another thing that Case Close has that's particularly good. It has yeah, such a well, unique yeah, art that style. It started in the 60s, I think, with the manga. And then they did two movies and then the TV show. And a couple movies, you know, that's, that's why I like, cause it's very adult, but it has a lot of humility to it. Yeah. Yeah. So what got you into, uh, anime and mangas to start with? Uh, well, my jumping off point was, um, 
was Toonami. And, you know, the first one was Dragon Ball Z and Ronin Warriors and I forget the other one. Robotech, that was the other one. <laughs> you know, back in like the 90s, when, you know, you still had dial-up, you had those sites where you could try to like see the sub episodes and find information on stuff because, you know, the American audience wouldn't tell you that. And, you know, between that, it spiraled out into other stuff. Then I found the Japanese versions where they were more hardcore and, you know, just been hooked on it ever since. Wow. So you, uh, how old were you around the time that you started like looking into the mangas and searching other than Tanami? What age would you saw? Would you say I'm you seven. invested actively? Seven. Seven. Like seven. Yeah. I got a box of comics from one of my cousins, and at the bottom there was a manga. It was um. Jesus, I forget which one. It was. Loop in the third. That's what it was. Loop. Oh my God! Most people don't even understand how great that show is. And, and, and the funny thing was that manga was only a dollar, so I think that's why she bought it. Man, remember back then mangas were more than the comics. Lupin the so, Third. Lupin the Third. Yeah, so I mean, I got into comics first, and then anime, like maybe like half a year later. So it was a, a slow burn. You were slowly being entered because I know a lot of people's like real first gateway to it was Dragon Ball Z every day after school on Toonami at like five p.m. Here's the funny thing about that though: I actually stumbled onto the Japanese version first because there was this channel I had because I live in New York and we had the black boxes. There was a channel that used to play Asian TV shows. And I had stumbled onto it one Sunday. And I was like, oh, they're playing this episode right now. And then I saw the blood. I was like, they don't show this. So I would just wait every Sunday just to watch it. And then they cut it off. And I got pissed. And then I guess Toonami must have saw it. And they said, okay, we're going to be a little more... We're going to be a little more extreme. Because remember, when they used to do the blood scenes, it would just be like black marks. Yeah. Now, that that sort of growth from back then to now, where everything was censored, even if you look at music, it works that same way, where in the 50s, there was a song, Let's Do Whoopi. That song yes. was, you know, absurd. How dare she? She's a whore, a hooker, this super explicit woman. Right now, you will hear a song, and it's like, I fuck my bitch raw. And it's like, God damn, bro. What the hell happened between back then where let's do whoopee? And it's like, okay, great. That's that that was the limit. That was controversial as fuck. Right now somebody says I fuck my bitch raw and nobody bats an eye. Where uh, the hell did we go yeah, wrong? Son. Yeah, son. And her friend too. Hell yeah. I fuck my bitch raw and she brought all the homies. Like yeah, what man. the fuck? I think it's what I think it's because when we our generation became parents, we accepted that shit. <laughs> Can we blame Dragon Ball Z, though? Because you got to understand, before Dragon Ball Z, anything else was rated R, wasn't it? Any blood, any anything of that nature. In fact, they would have TV warnings for anything that would show blood, uh, foul language, or sexual content. And any live-action content of that nature was rated R, and it could only be gotten with ID. Yes. Super specific. Yep, Yep, 100%. Super tightly wrapped. You can't get through these gates. You're not an adult. They have their own section. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. There was a whole behind the black curtain. Whole section, the adult section. Yep, yep, yep. Behind the black curtain. I remember it specifically. (laughs) But come Dragon Ball Z, we have the longest massacre scenes we have ever witnessed as children 
bodies mm-hmm. of, the androids showed up and they were just bodies on the streets they would just show us shots of the androids standing there city destroyed bodies thrown everywhere that was just fucking okay and so that's yeah. us in our preteens. we're just kids super young kids five six seven eight witnessing these things happen just like what is going on and but it was fine it was on the cartoon channel and our parents are like no it's cartoons it's all fine so that's just the normal standard for us. Then yeah, the we're the people making music now. Yeah, and it sucks. Yeah, we we were exposed. It's sort of almost the... But then are we allowed to censor and based on what? You know, it brings up this sort of moral question of, yes, it was probably things of this violent quality in nature that warped our minds and values to the point that we... We have no self-control. Everything we do is explicit because it's just everything we saw all the time. And as we got older and people who were raised on that got more influential, eventually it got more wild and we got more used to it and it got more wild and we got more used to it and then more of us would do the wild because of how used to it we were and it was normal and it kept spiraling and now we're at a place where I can fuck my bitch raw and you're like, damn, this is my jam. The fuck happened? Uh Are we wrong or should we have been is is it fine that we weren't censored what's what's the the lesser of two evils here maybe moderation but again with that kind of music it got popular so everybody started doing it and then you know it was bad when you started hearing r&b singers start talking like that and then you knew the shit was over yep a hundred percent you long for that that's why now you see online you see everybody putting up old songs from like the 70s and 80s even the 90s because because we all get tired of fucking our bitch raw bro yeah you hook your bitch raw then you end up in court if you don't take care of your responsibility word up you you see where that's coming from that's exactly what, but oh my god and this just goes joking around but that's mad real because because of the lack of control we're like, who cares? We're, it's just art. And then we do things that are just art. You know, we're, this is the kind of art. It's our generation. This is what we do, whatever. Right. Find all and, you know, freedom of speech and expression and all that stuff. But then you're over here talking about, you know, I fucked or not left or fuck that shit. That kid ain't mine. What the fuck you can sing about in your song. But then mm-hmm. we're not thinking of the people who are somehow getting access to this, who are the age we were when something as simple as Dragon Ball Z warped our fucking minds. And they're over here. Yeah. You're black because we live in the hood. You decide, I'm going to turn this shit all the way up and I'm going to drive by this fucking high, this grade school where these kids are just taking class and they're going to hear how I fuck my bitch raw and then left her ass for dead because that kid ain't mine. And then that's just something normal in that kid's life. That's just, he heard that song a million times. He gets 14. He remembers hearing it. He looks it up. He knows every word in this song. That's his favorite song. Exactly. Like, hell, my parents, I didn't even start listening to rap till like 97. And don't laugh, but my first rap album was Big Willie style. See, that's safe as hell. Oh, that was safe as hell. Please, I was listening to KTU. I don't and for those who don't know, this is like the house slash techno station up here in New York. And pop. It would play a lot of the pop. I've never heard of any of that. That's crazy as hell. But Big yeah. Will, that's not Will Smith, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing safer. But interesting fact, this actually literally relates to this conversation we were just having about anime and art which is essentially that Will Smith is that same 
idea. He takes an overused concept and twisted it just enough, just enough to make something unique, different, entertaining. His music can come across as corny to people because, you know, he doesn't curse or he talks about these weird themes and whatever. And it's like, you're just not used to it. That's really all it is. Because at the end of the day, his bars are there. His metaphors are there. His rhyme schemes are there. He's a solid rapper who could compete with some of the best rappers. He just chooses to have clean music. And he also dissed Eminem. When did he diss Eminem? On Mr. Nice Guy. Well, Eminem dissed, well, he, Eminem had dissed him first during a speech. And then, well, it's like, okay. So on Mr. Nice Guy, he had two bars for Eminem. And Eminem put him over. He was like, you know what? He got it. What's your stance on Eminem? I don't have a problem with it. I like his music. It's just the, sh- the shit with Trump. I, I rather, I have this thing with the celebrities now. I don't care about your political affiliation. I really don't. I think he was too old. He he was too out there with it, and it might have hurt his brand because I don't think he realized he also, even though he appealed to people like us, he also appealed to a white fan base that were basically our polar opposite. They now, were conservative. They were the ones that whose parents were like, "I'm not buying you that CD," and they were like, "Whatever." And then they got the CD and listened to it, and they were his fans from like middle school. Well, I and I you start. What? And then they grow up liking Trump, and then you start pissing pissing them off by saying Trump sucks. But here's the thing: when, how is this any different from anything he's uh, he's ever done before? He's always it's not fighting the the, the sort of current, and 100 percent he doesn't care what anybody thinks. A lot of his songs are about that. Some of his songs are just explicit for the sake of being explicit, because fuck what you got to think about. And I think this is definitely it. He uses his music for therapy. He reflects his personal problems. He reflects his struggles, his drug mm-hmm. addiction, his romances, everything. That's his therapy. Yeah, and that's he fine. Was, we related to that. Yeah, 100%. Well, it's not and, fine and because you relate to it. Start Bush. Yeah. No, this is the Bush thing. Movie. It's not necessarily great because you relate to it. It just so happens you relate to it. That's right. completely different than him doing it so that you can relate. He was just talking about things which people happen to relate to, but at the end of the day, he was still talking about whatever the fuck he wanted to. I think this is exactly the same thing, where he was just talking about whatever the fuck he wanted to, and that's something that was happening in his life, and he was having emotions related to that, and he was angry that this man won, and he was aggravated about that, and he wrote a song about that. It's all the same characteristics, it just so happened that people didn't like it as much as they would. Well, a lot of people did like it, actually. I think the vast majority did because everybody's against Trump because they don't like his fucking personality or whatever the fuck it is. But he he did it for the same reasons he always does, and he did exactly what he always does. I don't think anything was different. If it hurt his brand, I don't think he cares necessarily because it's the same thing he always does. Yeah, but he, I don't think he understood the climate. The climate kind of changed now. Like, politics is in everything now. At least back when he dissed Bush, politics was still, okay, we're only really going to care until the summer of the year of the election. But, now you're talking about politics. You're starting from the day that person gets elected to the day he's getting reelected. And I guess now people are more aware of it. Because now with the vanguard of the internet, that's in your face. Like, any site you go to, there might be something political on there. Yeah. But I don't think so. I don't think he's ever been weighing the climate. 
I don't think he's ever given a crap about the climate. In fact, no, he, well, look, he's now he's he's in his forties now. He's a dad. I, mean, he, I don't think he really cares anymore. He just wants to make sure his kids succeed. He's but, done his job. But here's the thing: I don't think he cared before either. I a hundred percent think that in the past when he was attacking Bush. He was also not giving a shit about what the political climate was and now attacking Trump. He's also not giving a shit what the political climate is. I don't think anything is different between these two instances. And it just so happens to be that the climate is different, but no, he has no reason to care. Why? It's more accessible now. No, what I'm saying is relative to him. You, yeah, the climate is different. Right. He doesn't care. Yes, the climate is different for sure, but who gives a shit? He doesn't care. He didn't care. He doesn't care. He won't care. It's his sort of shtick to not give a fuck. Remember what we said in the beginning? At this point in life, everybody's making you care. That's... Luckily, he manages to stay the fuck away from actually away. giving a shit. Right. right. But... That's your. T I see what you mean. That's totally true. People are angry and they wanted them to sort of stop. But it's like, why do you think you have the right to get him to stop? to stop? That's crazy, right? The fact that we're here at all, that people yeah. think, oh, you know, he should stop that. That should be removed from the Internet. It's like, no. One, that was his artistic project, freedom of speech, freedom of uh, expression of art. Like, right. That's kind of like what people did with Kathy Griffin. You know, I don't like her, but she expressed her artistic side, but people got mad at her. Yeah. It's totally not fair. It's the same thing that happened with Roseanne. Yeah. It's, it's... I, honestly, I didn't see what the problem was, but, you know, everybody's sensitive. So yeah, I see why they had a problem with it. Here's the thing. I don't think, I 100% don't think there is a problem with having, why are we not allowed to represent the other side? Because the other side is too sensitive. No, well, I take that back. Sensitive is the wrong word. The other side is too bigoted. But why, who cares? They are just, they are people like anybody else. Yeah, but you know how it is. But we, things that, well, things that we say, everybody's supposed to laugh. But if somebody says it back to us, we're supposed to be up in arms. Like, you can't say that. Why not? Yep. A hundred percent. I don't understand. I don't understand where this went the way it is, why it's the way it is. But it is a weird thing that's happening. Where Honestly, because we got protected so much. Yes. Oh, my God. For that's, sure. We're, we're so protected that we... We think we're above criticism. And then when you criticize us, it comes off. You run around saying it came off racist. You know what this actually, one of the things that does this, and we, we're doing this to our own children a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. It's the whole, we're not going to count winners and losers. Everybody gets a trophy for participation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's and the social promotion in school. Yes, that's literally what's fucking happening on the internet. Everybody gets a trophy for participation. Oh, I am age now. I can say whatever the fuck I want to whoever, and I win just because I took part. Right. <laughs> hey, you remember what happened with us back in the day when you tried to say something and you said, I don't give a fuck, and somebody didn't like it, you'd have to stand on that. Yep, 100%. You, you, you'd get to hide behind the computer. Nope, nope. And if you had no support for what the fuck you were saying, that shit was disregarded hard as fuck and get the fuck out of here. You know what you're talking about. Yep. You, you end up sitting by yourself in the lunchroom. Yep, 100%.
now but now you sit you sit by yourself in the lunchroom and then you find people that did the same thing you did coming together and then you're like oh yeah we were right the whole time they just didn't understand us oh uh, yeah that fucking confirmation bias bullshit yeah that's fucked but we made this problem ourselves we were like we gotta shout but then it was in response to a lot of us having real aggressive childhoods where we we're like i didn't like that i lost it was a horrible feeling so we're gonna remove this from our schools and it's like but didn't you become the person you are because of the loss? Exactly. It's fucking crazy. Right. It's like, it's like, goddamn. It's like taking losses is a part of life. That's how you get stronger. Yes. You cannot learn if you already think you figured it out. You can only learn if you failed at something and you're like, ah, I see the lesson now. Right. But we, we've created a monster. And then we're angry at the monster we created. Yeah, and and the person who's who yeah not bad the person who's controlling the monster which is you. Yep, one hundred percent. We made we made this bullshit happen, and we're just fucking. It's so ridiculous. There's nothing we could do about it, but it is the sort of millennial problem. And nevertheless, we're here because we're woke. You know, we're so woke. You know, we we can't hit our children, and we got to be all spiritual and shit. And you know, everybody must be happy. And it's like all of that is garbage. Yeah. It's a, I told I told my friends that all the time when that when that idiot psychiatrist back in 2000 came out with that study that said parents should be more friends than authoritarians. You we're 20 years later now you see what happens. Yep, yep. See, that's the thing. It's safe to publish a study when you're about to die. That is true, exactly. Yeah, who's gonna so come and judge throwing, you? You're just throwing out a hypothesis. I mean, that's science. You you you're guaranteed to be wrong somewhere. Yeah, but you, you're about to kick the bucket. You publish this shit. Everybody's like, yeah, this very elite, top of their study professional said this thing is true. We got to listen. And then he dies five years later. We can't bitch at him. We can't tell him he ruined the planet. We just got to you know, eat the fact. On his grave. Yep. There's actually a picture of some shit like that. It's a... Uh, what the fuck is his name? The guy from uh, Flash standing over a grave. <laughs> his name is uh, Grant. Grant. Oh, Grant Gustin. Yeah, Grant Gus over the grave. And there's mad yeah, names. That was wrong. That's wrong. Leave that man alone. <laughs> I actually like to leave that man alone. But what was you the origin of this meme? Yeah, that was um, that was when they buried Oliver. Who the hell's Oliver? After after from uh, Green Arrow. Oh, so this isn't even like a real picture. This is like just this some. This is on set. Yeah, Got this is you. Scene where they were burying Oliver after they did their their latest um crossover event, Crisis on Infinite Earth. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> cool. 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 Yeah, so just everybody just memeing the hell out of it. Yeah, man. So that's basically what's happening with this other douchebag who fucking wrote that study. He destroyed everything. So now we're doing that. Oh, looky three. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Everything is shut down. It sucks. I was actually planning on going to Comic Con this year, and I don't even know if they're gonna have it. Did you ever? Uh, were you a person who watched E three or was ever at E three? I never went to E three. Only thing I went to, I went to Comic Con in New York twice. I haven't gone on the E three. Do you watch E three uh, on TV or online? I watch it online every year. You're one of the like me who was every year watching it. Uh, I didn't watch it the last two years because I didn't like the games that were coming out, but religiously i was watching it every day since like 2011 when he started broadcasting it on youtube yeah yeah oh oh man we're 
were you around for the G4 era? Were you like watching that? Yes. Yes, I remember that channel well. Yeah. There was a that shit was one of a kind as fuck, bro. There was there has never been before that moment and there has never been after that moment something like that in existence. Now YouTube is basically an an amalgamation of that. Yeah. I mean, I still rock with Ebon's world, but that's just me. Ebon's world, what the fuck is that? It was basically it was basically the comedy sector of YouTube before the comedy sector of YouTube. It was basically like one of those web-based um websites where you just put up funny videos and, f- and fail videos yeah i remember the like way old like when ray william johnson was real big you know yes those good old days where it was like a three minute video he shows you three random clips online boom it ended and you're over it yeah exactly but now you know hey i mean things change anymore nobody that creative yeah, no, things change. It's fine. Like, what the fuck can we do? If we stop progress, then we have a different problem entirely. You know what? Now that I'm looking at this fucking meme related to this fucking Todd Howard, I was just thinking about, I was watching this thing about the problem with uh, crunch in big game companies. You know the term crunch? No. Where they, uh, the people struggle and they sort of pack into a, a short amount of time a lot of work and these people have to stay in the office a lot of the time. Oh, and kind yeah, of... yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, speaking of that, yeah, my, my boss, his friend, his friend's company was working on the new Call of Duty and they were pushing them. Like, he, was, he said, usually this takes me like a year to put it. They wanted that game done in like six months. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy because uh, this happens in all the big game companies. But I was the argument I was sort of looking into was the two sides of this coin. It was particularly about Naughty Dog, who is considered quite arguably the greatest game company at the moment. Because companies that were previously well received, like Bethesda, have fallen off the wagon with they continuously pump out shitty games, things like uh, Naughty Dog and Rockstar seem to be the elites right now, you know? They seem to be at the top solidly. But Naughty Dog aims towards story-based games, these sort of AAA masterpieces that are unanimously received as some of the greatest pieces of media that have ever existed. And they do this consistently. They don't have a fail button. There's just consistent right. success. They shake the fucking house and everybody has to upgrade their writing. In fact, half the time they fucking hire Naughty Dog writers to come and help them out in their story. That's how overpowered Naughty Dog is. They're making money off of other people. But then the argument is... These games do happen under pressure, and that pressure gives to real stress and real emotions that then they manage to put into the work. If we didn't have the pressure and they had more time to work on it and it was more lenient, would their games be as good? Hmm. Isn't that fucking interesting? You would think it would have to. You would think it would have to because you'd have time to look over everything. But then again, when you have constant patches and DLC, that's when you say, okay, I'm just going to give y'all a game and then I'll just watch the boards real fast. And if there's a problem, we'll just patch it. But see, they don't have these problems. Their patches are like yeah. for their multiplayer gaming parts or something. While right, right. where they really aim well, I'm is... I'm talking about Naughty Dog. I'm more talking about everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Naughty Dog, they, they, they make sure. But then they're, what they're... do you think I about think they, that? I feel like they're doing like two days work in one day. Yeah, what do you think about that argument? That if these people weren't experiencing this real stressful environment, that they wouldn't have the true emotion and conflicting passion? Because as an artist, what do you do? You have a bunch of 
emotion and you put it into your project. There's struggles in your life and you're a writer, you turn that into a narrative. You paint your sorrows, your emotions, your pain, uh, your, your highs and lows, your ups and downs, your happies and sads. And in the case of Naughty Dog, that is about writing. It's about solid writing before any other part of a game happens. The story happens. So these people need to have that down packed. And they sit there together and they put these ideas that could only exist with this level of stress. If they were treated more right would uh, yeah at that, that point now nah, they wouldn't be as good right but then the question is do they know coming they have to know coming into the company that they're going to be facing this a lot of the time because it is a triple a company so you're yeah. also agreeing to the stress right you're agreeing to stress for prestige exactly there's sort of this trade-off but then the gaming the gamers as usual, the fucking spectators on the outside feel like they have the right to tell the people on the inside how to do things. They're up in arms about the whole crunch time problem, and they're like, I'd rather have a shit game and know that the producers are fine than have a good game and they're suffering. And it's like, that's a fucking lie. Because if there's a shit that's game, a you immediately turn on them. Exactly. You'll be the first ones already talking about how this game sucks. Yeah, 100%. So it's a weird sort of conflict of interest that they want to keep the gamers the happy. But, but we said at the beginning, everybody wants their cake. That's some shit, though, dude. It's yeah. affecting everything. It's like cancer. Yeah. Well, like you said, like we said, it, it's never going to go away. Yeah. It's... You can only have the descending voices that say, listen, just calm down. And there's no way to fucking do that, essentially. We just got to wait it out for the most part. Maybe it becomes something else. Maybe it becomes something worse. It seems like everything just gets worse. Yeah, which is, even with The Last of Us, I mean, they even delayed the game an extra year, so I was like, what the hell? Yep. It seems like uh, this train that just keeps rolling fucking forward full speed has no chill button. Everything is... It, it, I, I love the whole... Uh, <laughs> The whole 21st, 20, 2019, everybody... Well, it started. I guess it started in 2016, where people were like, the world is fucking ending. Oh my god. Trump is president. <laughs> then... Okay, 2016 happens, 2017, we're like, this is fucking crazy. How is this going on? Okay, so we're done with 2017, 2018 happens, kids in cages. Oh my god, how is this going on? Then, okay, we throw that one away, 2019 happens, climate change. Oh my god, how is it? And we're like, finally, he's going to leave office, 2020 is going to come, new year, new beginning. First four days world war on the brink we're mm. like holy shit are you kidding four days in we dropped the bomb on a world leader that's just who we are now fucking great fantastic that's how we do it month fucking two we got political maniacs attacking one another and this virus starts to come out month mm. number three planet shuts down economies collapsing businesses have shut down people are dying and then they yeah. show month number four and it's like yeah finally we're leaving that behind three months month four is going to be my month and then they show the death star rolling up <laughs> yeah who knows what's on the horizon maybe now they'll tell us there's an asteroid coming oh yeah that, there's an asteroid coming with an asteroid? Mm-hmm. 
NASA found an asteroid. They said it's going to pass by the Earth from like 300 miles away. Oh, but that's They're fucking hoping. nothing. 300 miles is close to shit, though. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, so, I, I think I've read about this. I'm not entirely sure, but it sounds familiar. I think it's 300. I think it's 300. Yeah, it's it's close. It's within the zone that we consider something to watch. Yeah. But I don't necessarily well, think it's closer. worth concern necessarily. But it is with it because there's know, there's this out, outer know. layer that we follow, right? There's a if we were to put our planet in the center, there's a certain distance outside uh, coming off of our planet that we oh right. shit, it is one point one and two point five miles wide and will fly by Earth, but it, it's yeah, not it expected the size to fly. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Does it show how close to us it is? But yeah, I believe it's within the range that we're like, it's dangerous territory, but not that it's going to f- actually make any kind of impact. Right. Miles of Earth moving at miles per hour. Oh, three million miles. Okay. About four million miles. Okay. Well, three, three, yeah, that, that fucking atmosphere will suck it right in. We fucked. <laughs> the flyby is back. expected to occur on Wednesday, April 29th at... 4.56 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, according to NASA Central for Near-Earth Object Studies, the asteroid was classified as a potential hazardous object because it passes near Earth's orbit, but it's not currently on NASA's list of potential future Earth impact events. So there's gathered and monitored by the Sentry system, a highly automated collision, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so it's totally fine as far as we know. It's just within yeah. a certain, it pass, it's closer than the outer line because there is a, an outer shell line that we look at. Anything outside of that, we're like, it doesn't right. fucking matter. But anything that crosses right. that threshold, we're like, at least yeah, let's yeah. keep an eye on it in case something changes. Correct. And hopefully uh, nothing changes because then we'd be where fucked. Are the aliens? What do you think about aliens? I think they exist. Why? I don't know. There's just some weird shit. Either either they exist or evolution is playing tricks on us. You oh, you are smart, bro. That is a hundred percent totally right. Now, what do you think an alien would be like? I don't think it'd be a. I don't think it'd be a being. I think it would be. Uh, it would be some form of matter. I just don't know what it would entail. I don't think it's like they say it's green men and things like that. I don't think that that's like some Star Trek shit. I think it's probably some form of matter that can evolve. For sure, maybe, maybe. That we can't that we can't explain. It could definitely be. Like uh I've po- proposed many uh, alternatives to the whole humanoid problem that people are like, you know, little like why would it look like us unless we share DNA somehow, you know? But there's a million billion probabilities. Like what stops an alien intelligent or not even intelligent, but like a a living creature from being like a cloud creature and it's just gaseous and it has other and it produces it reproduces somehow and it eats somehow but to us it looks like a cloud and it functions the way a cloud works to us or a creature that behaves similar like lightning and we look at it and we're like it's just a an effect of light meanwhile it's a living breathing or maybe not even breathing but this whole other thing that's alive and doing its own thing and reproduces and does whatever it needs to do like we don't necessarily there's too many people put 
they reflect humanity onto their the values they think alien life would look like and have. But I think it's much more complicated than that. Yeah, that's a lot of research. But anyways, anywho, man, it has been real fucking epic having you here, dude. I was very excited about this conversation. Let people know where they could find you, man. Let them know where all your stuff is at. Well, again, my name is Kid Gravity. I host a podcast with my friend, Rose Gold, called Beyond Borders with Rose Gold and Kid Gravity. We're on Anchor FM, iTunes, well, they call it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and, you know, Radio Public Network. And we actually just got onto iHeartRadio last month. So can't say you can't find us. And please, if you do use Apple Podcasts, please leave a comment and tell me how bad I suck, which is fine. We all take criticism. And I don't need participation trophies for the criticism. (laughs) I'll just take it in and possibly apply it. But more than likely, I won't because I have to be me. I can't be you. Okay, perfect. And also, follow us on Instagram at mine being Kid Gravity Beyond. Hers is rose.golddc and also Beyond Borders Podcast and BYD Borders. Okay, perfect, perfect. Good shit, dude. But anyways, dude, I'm gonna let you go. It was real good having you, and uh, I'll stay in touch. I'm uh, I usually keep annoying people after uh, I've worked with them, you know, for future references, uh, get links and stuff. Anything new you do, I don't mind promoting it. As well as I'll let you know as soon as this is about to go up. You already know the date, but I'll be telling you ahead of time, anyways, to remind you. And uh, all the good stuff, man. All right, cool. And like I said, doors always open for you guys. Definitely. Send me and some details on that, and let's talk on that. Cool. No problem. Definitely, man. All right, dude. Enjoy your evening, dude. All right, you too. Peace out, man. And that was interesting. That was interesting. Yeah. It was a fascinating conversation we had with Kid Gravity from the Beyond Borders podcast. He was a very unique individual. It's uh, I love how that started and just him jumping into agnosticism. I had to grab onto that. You grabbed onto that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what a way to start. That's crazy. Self-proclaimed agnostic. You gave me fuel right at the start. Let's go, bro. Combining that with politics interesting that's a this it was a weird one for sure i don't see why he equated them it was it was very there's something there i miss entirely i don't know that connects those two things you're raised in one thing you're real it's the same kind of in the way you're raised politics and religion yes Yes. like your parent is pushing this idea these ideas to you yes because both are just philosophy yes religion is philosophy politics are philosophy they're both just philosophy yeah, and we're pretty much forcing someone else to believe the same philosophies we believe in without giving the others a chance. Yeah, and it's because most of us, which we've said, and it seems to be like the fucking growing theme in this show, which is we have trouble accepting the things that that things are uncertain. That things are uncertain? Yeah, that yeah. we know nothing. We hate that we know nothing, and we will deny it and push it down and ignore it and pretend we know everything so what i think i know whether i actually know it or not assure reassure myself i know and i only really believe i know if i am so convinced i know then i tell somebody else because the things i 
don't know, I let go. I can't let go of this one because I have to convince me I know for sure and I'm just doing it for their better. And so you got to force it down everybody's throat, these ideologies. Your children, no, they have to be your religion. They have to follow your political beliefs. They have to have your moral standing and ideologies, all of it, all of it. It's because I know. Yes. Like, you don't know shit. No. Man, and everyone... The thing with the, what was it, um, giving kids trophies and then being mad at them as adults for being all whiny. Yeah. That's crazy. Like you misprepared people for life. Yeah. You gave them trophies for participation and they grew up thinking the real world functions that I way. I don't know why they're both, both sides are angry at each other or whatever when... They cause each other? They cause each other, yes. And also, it's not their fault it was the way they were raised and it's not those people's fault it's the way they were raised and they're just trying to be better and they're just trying to be better and we're just trying to be better so here's no 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 no. look 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 look. what you just said hits it on the head if we weren't doing it we would be the only ones who don't get better if we weren't doing what hating yeah if we weren't bothered by those before us we wouldn't behave differently yes if we were just like they did it right we'd just do it again no okay i see you see it's a necessity Mm -hmm. it has to be that way we have to do it that way wow so every time we right now what we're doing is gonna and it goes through stages our parents just did it wrong but they weren't evil no their parents were fucking evil but Mm. our kids are gonna see us having done things wrong but we're not evil but our grandchildren are going to think we're evil. Yes. We yeah, see I our grandparents. The further in the future, the more worse yeah. we come out. We see our grandparents as the people who caused World War II. As the people who dropped nukes on other countries. Mass murder. Genocides. How dare they? Except that most of them had nothing to do with it. Like, and they were just doing it them. for their same ideologies. Yeah. They were doing it to follow the things they believed were right. And they were doing it because people were doing worse things before then. Torture. I'd rather them be dead than be tortured for all of eternity. I'd rather free those people by force and some of them die than all of them be imprisoned forever. You know, there's lesser of evil every path you take Mm -hmm. than our parents. They didn't have it as bad as their parents. So now they're post-war children. Their parents were very harsh and physical. They didn't want to hit their children. So then there's us. But then we don't even want our children to feel like they've lost. So trophies. And it's just going to keep evolving. Yes. Infinitely. You think it'll ever reach the point where it stops? No, it can't. No, it's impossible. Progress is inevitable. Yeah. Change is inevitable. If anything is stopped, entropy would be proven wrong. Hmm. Everything yes. strives for complexity as a rule of nature. And then eventually we become robots. That might have already begun. And we're not literally just become robots, but we're working on ways to enhance ourselves. So we're going to become cyborgs first, and then we're going to completely remove the biology from cyborgs. So it's going to be happening so smooth that eventually we're all just people with technology engraved in us. Then we're half and half. Then we're people who throughout the course of our lives become more technology to the end of our lives where we're majority technology. Then that's going to happen at birth and we're mostly technology to support the few components of humanity that are left. And eventually we figure out how to work out the humanity, still reproduce and move forward all at the same time. 
and that's just going to be seamlessly and it's going to happen over a giant period of time 300 400 500 yeah. years and we're not going to notice the difference and then when we become that we're going to be like there's something missing and then we're going to be in that episode of love death and robots where we're the robot artists what's that one? Oh, the, the blue? blue steel blue steel that's the result that's gonna happen then we're gonna be like i want to be what i was oh no but it would be human instead of a tiny vacuum cleaner yeah but you know well not even because we're always striving he was always striving but he opted into simplicity which defeats nature that's sort of the poetry behind it he dreams and imagines when he was simple or a child Mm -hmm. as a society that wouldn't apply we would move towards the greater thing. Now we've optimized physicality. There's something more in the universe. Okay, we chase that down. We colonize everything. There must be something more transcendently speaking, something beyond this that we understand. And we'll move on to that state, and then there's something beyond it. So we're just going to grow yeah. infinitely, consume our star system, consume the galaxy, consume the universe, go to different dimension or reality. And keep in mind, this whole time, our consciousness is going to be expanding. So we're going to, as we're becoming these machines, slowly but surely, in the middle of being cyborgs, we're also going to be spiritually awakening ourselves. So that has to, because it has to get more complicated too. Yeah. Everything has to. So it's all simultaneously going to get more complex and simultaneously going to evolve. So we're going to be these weird spiritual machines. We're going to be the Crovax. The Crovax? What's that from? No Man's Sky. Whoa. Spiritual and technological. They have a god. The, the the cube thing? Not the cube. Oh, it's a ball? Yeah, the uh, Atlas is their god. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And Nala, no, Polo is their Jesus. Polo? The little... Oh, Nala is the other one? Yeah, well, Nala's Nada, the tall one. Yeah, okay, Nala is their, like, Jesus figure. Because it could transcend, and they don't understand that technology, and they aren't connected to Nala. That's the only robot that isn't connected to the mainframe. But she's in hiding because of that. Yeah. Or not hiding. She's everywhere all at once. Yeah. Mm. So it is a weird robotic faith. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's where we're going to be in the future. Yeah. I mean, it's not that different from now. So it's not that different. It's just, it, it is different. different. It's just equal. But it's equal. Yes. yes it's different, but equal. Mm hmm. That's that's uh, the name. Anyways, if you guys enjoyed things of that nature, there are many, many other episodes like this one out there. You could go listen to other episodes in which we jump from topic to topic, discuss spirituality, religion, politics, disease, entertainment, censorship, art, whatever. We have all of that stuff, but you can find this very entertaining senor, Kid Gravity, from the Beyond Borders podcast with Rose Gold and Kid Gravity. You can find them on all of the podcast locations, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Spotify, Podbean, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, wherever the fuck. And anywhere you don't find them, fucking send them a message. And where can you do that? You can find them on Instagram at Kid Gravity Beyond. At Rose Gold DC, that's his co Rose dot Gold DC. That's the uh, his co-host. Um, you can also find at Beyond Borders podcast and uh, BYD Borders. All those are their Instagrams. 
check out their podcast. It is amazing. They got uh, random topics that they discuss. They jump in. They just have these conversations. It's very slow-paced conversation. So they're not kind of... Uh, you see how I am kind of all over the place, always flying a million words for sec- per second. They're very paced. They take their time. It It allows you to really take in what they're talking about versus my pace, which probably loses most people. And they're like, eh, maybe if this is too fast for you, they slow it down so that you can have sort of a more casual, if you, not sure if this is their intention, but if you're like a pothead, their show is so for you because it's such a like mellow pace. It's very soothing. You could really like get into that. That's great. Car by yourself, driving commute type of shit, put their podcast on and just enjoy this conversation. They are great. Enjoy their show very much. Go look them up. Also, they have a bunch of projects. Yes, a million projects. Getting a magazine started, independent spotlight on their uh, podcast uh, or four podcasts on their magazine, which is also like a blog of some sort. And uh, they have a, a podcast movie written. This is actually Kid Gravity's project. So he has a uh, script already worked out. So all that stuff, keep your eyes and ears open. And that's all coming down the pipes. What does that mean? What are the pipes? Mario's pipes? I guess. Does Mario put shows in his pipes and then they come out the other side? Probably. Those pipes are a delivery system, essentially. You never know where you end up in those pipes, though. Yeah. It's kind of a scary thing to do. To go down one, you don't know. Mario's world is kind of weird. It's like a real hard acid trip. It's just weird, crazy shit. Not even acid. It's mushrooms for sure. It's just crazy shit happening. Fucking Mario. Anyways, you can find our things on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at JustConvoPod. You could also find the podcast on our official website at graysauce.info, on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Yes, and remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show, and we'll read it at the beginning. And let someone who might like it know about it. Yes, word of mouth. If you tell people about the program, they might enjoy it. They might come listen. They might hate it. You might hate it. If you hate it, tell people anyways. You might know somebody tell who likes us. it. We yeah, want to know. Yes, rate the show. It doesn't matter what you rate the show. If you enjoy it, rate it well. If you don't enjoy it, rate it bad. Just rate it because ratings help people know where the majority of people stand. So you go do that. You go rate. You go rate this motherfucking show. And also... This has been the Just Conversation Podcast. Take nothing personal, and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Is that what it sounds like? Who makes sounds like that? That's not what It's kind of like chanting. Um, yeah, it's just something to focus on. It's kind of like following your breathing. Same thing. Yeah. Breathe Sometimes in, I do that down, when I'm trying in, to meditate. Yeah, 100%. It's the same thing. Because it's too hard to just not do anything. What do you mean? To just well, not think. You are mistaking what meditation is. And I've heard you say this many, many times in the past, and you are wrong.
It's not that. It is not stopping thinking. It is shutting off the inner voice. But yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It is not. Thoughts and images can pop into your head. That's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Starting to hear your inner voice commenting on it is something different. It's impossible to not do one without the other. A hundred percent it's possible. Well, for me, it's impossible. It's the same thing for me. If I'm thinking about something, it's because I'm talking about something in my head. <laughs> it's totally not. You can see something and not have a thought that's conversation. You can just see an image in your head without. But it's impossible to not think of something while you're seeing that thing. Seeing it is thinking. Well, I don't know. It's th- it's not. I don't. Whatever. <laughs> it's it's kind of like skating. Uh huh. There's no thoughts going through my head. I'm just skating. There's not a fucking thought. Not a single one. Unless I can't land something.